Hello, Pride listeners. It's me, Levi. We're not doing a regular episode this week because it just doesn't feel right. Instead, I wanted to talk a little bit about what's going on and what we as a community can do to help fight the systematic racism and violence that pervades American culture. I am a white, cisgendered, gay man, and I want to be an ally. I want us all to be allies. And in order to do that, we have to address the often uncomfortable reality of race in America. If we don't talk about the intersection of race, gender, class, religion, socioeconomics, and sexual orientation, we're not having a complete conversation. More than a week ago, on May 25th, George Floyd was murdered by police in Minneapolis. George was an unarmed black man who had just bought something at a convenience store with a counterfeit $20 bill. A white police officer named Derek Chauvin pressed his knee into George Floyd's neck as he begged for his life. He said, please, the knee on my neck, I can't breathe. He said, I'm about to die. He said, my stomach hurts, my neck hurts, everything hurts. He said, don't kill me. There's water from there. He kept his knee there, slowly killing George Floyd for at least seven minutes, as people recorded and pleaded with him to let him get up. Then they carried George Floyd's unresponsive body into an ambulance. And that was the end for yet another unarmed black man in America. On March 13th in Louisville, Kentucky, Brianna Taylor, a 26-year-old emergency room technician, was asleep in bed with her boyfriend, Kenneth Walker, when police used a battering ram to break into her apartment just after midnight. They didn't announce themselves as police, even after both Brianna and Kenneth called out for them to identify themselves. Kenneth thought the house was being broken into, so when the police charged into the room, he grabbed his legally owned and licensed gun and fired, striking an officer in the leg. The police sprayed bullets all over the apartment, firing at least 20 rounds and hitting Brianna at least eight times. She was pronounced dead at the scene. In a 911 call made by Kenneth right after Brianna was shot, he said, somebody kicked in the door and shot my girlfriend. The warrant that gave police the permission to charge into her home was for drugs, not her drugs, another person's drugs, who lived on the other side of town and was already in police custody. The police believed Brianna was keeping drugs at her home, but no drugs were found. On February 23rd, Ahmad Arbery was going for a run on a sunny afternoon in suburban Georgia, like he did all the time. A retired police officer named George McMichael was standing in his front lawn as Ahmad jogged by. He thought Ahmad looked like the suspect in a string of recent break-ins. So he called his son, Travis. Then they grabbed their guns and jumped into their pickup truck. The rest of what happened was caught on video and it's chilling. 911, what's the address of emergency? Uh, I'm out here at Silver Shores. There's a black male running down the street. As Ahmad is jogging, he comes to the white truck with the two armed men, and he tries to run around them. There's a short confrontation that ends with three shotgun blasts. Sir, hello, sir. Ahmad tries to run, but he only gets a few steps in before he falls to the ground. He was 25 years old. It's hard to tell these stories. They're infuriating, heartbreaking, awful. 
But what's even worse is that they're not uncommon. Our country has a long and ugly history with white supremacy. Racism is not dead. We are not living in a post-racial society. In fact, most of the people who make statements like that are white. And it's a lot easier to opt out of the race conversation as a white person because the current state of affairs has been designed to benefit us, white people. No one is blaming you. I know you didn't choose for it to be set up this way. I know that if you could change it with the wave of a magic wand, you would undo all of the systematic racism and violence. The problem is that there is no magic wand. It's a lot harder than that. And as white people, we have to be allies, not saviors, allies. That means listening to black people and people of color, but not demanding explanations. The world has broken out into flames over the last week. It doesn't help that we've been quarantining for more than two months. It doesn't help that we're dealing with a literal joke of a president. And when I say a literal joke, I mean literal joke. Let's not forget the Simpsons episode, Bart to the Future, which aired 20 years ago where Lisa had to clean up the mess left behind by her predecessor, President Donald Trump. Tensions are high, even for white folks. The protesters are not the ones escalating the situation. There are supporters of this cause within the police force and the military. So here are just a few things you can do right now to be an ally. Donate to your local Black Lives Matter chapter, the NAACP, the Marshall Project, or any of the dozens of smaller organizations working hard. Watch Ava DuVernay's documentary, 13th. Read ta Coates' article, The Case for Reparations. Have conversations with your friends and family about race, even the ones that scare you. Support Black businesses. You can find a list at officialblackwallstreet.com. And be honest about our history. Taking responsibility is not the same as accepting blame. If we don't acknowledge the systemic oppression the U.S. was built on, we'll never be able to move past it. We'll also post some resources on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. You can visit ally.wiki, that's A-L-L-Y dot W-I-K-I, for a detailed list of ways to educate yourself and be an ally. We didn't make the doc. It's from a Twitter user who is linked at the top of the document. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week with an interview with actor and musician, Benjamin Patterson. Black lives matter. Black lives matter.